0: 610 Sports Radio, broadcasting live from the Brown and Crouppen Studios.
1: Download the Football and Barbecue Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. 610 Sports Radio, KCSU Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, Radio.com Sports Station.
0: Good evening. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley, Therese Paler, the one and only Yahoo Sports NFL rider alongside me for the night. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer Tech line is 69306. You can help hit up either of us. He is at Therese Baylor. I am at BK Sports Talk. Therese, that was a hell of a game to watch together yesterday. We were both at the stadium. We both got to go into the locker room afterwards. How you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm fantastic. I'm wondering if you heard me cackle a few times during the game some of those throws Mahomes made, some of the breaks they got. Um, some of the breaks they created, right? Um, games like that, really good example of why people love football. It was just a blast to watch.
0: I mean, there was a moment in time early in the game when my Twitter feed was just on fire, just flaming because I was the guy coming on the air last week saying all week long, the Texans are not a very good football oh, team. For you. This is not yeah. a very good football team. And then the Texans go up 24 nothing in the first quarter, right. and people are like, BK, you've been telling us all week right. how bad this team is. I was like, yeah, wait for it, wait for it. It worked.
1: It works. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. We both would have been taking some L's. Because <laughs> you know, I'm not. I, I I I try to be pretty reasonable about a lot of things. I wasn't really respectful of the Texas last week either. Didn't I call their coach like super, super mid grade <laughs> yeah. We I played thought, that quote like, like 27 <laughs> times on the show. Oh, yeah. I was like, super, super. <laughs> mid-
0: and guess what? He is, okay? Um that but, might be generous right? after what I saw yesterday. <laughs> I fourth and fourth fake punt. Fourth and one, you forget that you have plays that can actually work there and decide, you know what, screw it. Deshaun wants oh, you coming off, we're gonna bro, keep the field goal. Here. I'm gonna
1: tell you something. me and Charles talked about this on the Yahoo podcast. That's not something you can admit. Like, I don't have a good
0: fourth and inches play. Like that's what you're there for. You can later that. in the exact same press conference says, Yeah, we knew we needed to score fifty. Well, then we'll why not settle in true for a field it. goal from 15 go yards out? It's, it's, like, it's a matter of <laughs> inches. What are you do you like And, like,
1: look, man, um, I, I am curious to ask you, though, because I know you were taking that heat. Like,
0: how resolute were you during this time? When it was 24 to 0. Be honest. How resolute were you? So, you know, last week I bet against Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. And so now I have a bet on the Chiefs right now Mm -hmm. that is very much alive at seven and a half to one for them to win the Super Bowl. I made Mm -hmm. it back a a few weeks before before they got the two seed. So it was a couple of weeks prior to the postseason. So I'm going into this game both with professionally (laughs) my my word on the line and then personally my money money on the line. And you're watching the beginning of this game and it's just like anything that can go wrong. It was Murphy's law. Everything went wrong. It literally did, too. Everything Two third and sixes that were dropped. Drops. The punt from Tyreek, <laughs> who's the guy that you can Locked always count punt. on in those spots. Just horrible, right? Everything goes wrong. And so you're just sitting there, you, you got the miscommunication on a deep ball that hasn't been happening all year. It just it felt like the <laughs> game from hell. Yeah. And it, it, as a Chiefs fan, you're at Arrowhead and you're like People oh were pissed. No. They were oh booing. No.
1: Like the booze were full throated. Like it was real. And I'm like, wow. I get it. I'm getting my column ready. I'm like, here we go. Like, this is going to this is gonna be savage. Because it, honestly, like, I know you would have got on air. You would have been irate. Like, I oh, can't yeah. even imagine. Like, today you just would have been on fire. Because, to be honest, they were better than the Texans. The Texans were clearly inferior on offense. They were clearly inferior on defense. They were clearly inferior at coaching. Like, all those three. So, there was no reason that they should go in there and just get their butts kicked like that. So, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I was kind of like with you. But I will tell you this. You know, I, I didn't have the sense of anxiety about it. Like, I knew one way or another, it might. I thought it might be closer than that after I pre- predicted the Chiefs to cover. But I, I predicted the Chiefs to cover. I'm like, all right, well, they're not going to cover. But I still felt pretty good about it just because what did I say leading up the whole week, BK? I said that this was an over-my-dead body mm-hmm. game by Mahomes. Well, that's what that looks like. 321 yards passing, 53 rushing, five total touchdowns.
0: The answer to every question is Mahomes. Yes. Like the, the the answer to every question is Patrick Always. Mahomes. Yes. And you said all year long and you were resolute in this and you continued to say it no matter what the question was. You, Whenever asked, is this team a Super Bowl contender? Yes. You said, if 15's healthy in January, they're a Super Bowl contender.
1: And I told period. you. period, End I, of story. BK, and I told you, it was because like I heard stories about how irate he was at the AFC Championship game at halftime, promising to put up 30. He actually did it. And, like, the way he prepared for this season was proof that he wasn't, like, just okay with winning the MVP. He was really pissed off about that AFC championship game loss. So, I put my faith in him because I know what his competitiveness is. And the most important thing, BK, his teammates do, too. And they believe in him.
0: And you could hear it after the game. Yes. Everybody you went up to, like Frank Clark after the game, thank God we had Patrick Mahomes. said it multiple times. The most honest
1: quote. The most honest quote ever. Said it twice, right? Like, he, 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 but here was the kicker: not just thank God we had Patrick Mahomes. You know what he also said? Because if we didn't have him, I don't know if we would have came back from this. Guess what? You know what this also does? I talked to Anthony Sherman about this, and please go to Yahoo and read my story. It's fantastic. It's thank one you. of
0: Trez's best columns, and he writes a lot of good ones.
1: Please, please, please go read it out. I need that corporate click. Um, but, but I asked Anthony Sherman about this because I, I kept. I talked to like five, six, seven players. And they all mentioned. I asked them like, "How'd you guys not get down on each other?" Because I'll tell you this: I've been covering this league long enough to know when things get bad in the NFL, players start sniping at each other. You saw it on the other
0: side when yes, things started going south yes. on the Texans; That's they right. did start sniping at each other. And
1: guess who? Coaches start sniping at players too. To a man, all those those seven players told me we didn't have any of that. And I'm like, "Why? Like everything's going poorly. Everything. You guys are in football hell right now. Why not?" They were like we stuck together, we believed in each other, but I think it's deeper than that. And Anthony Sherman, who's an honest guy, like he'll tell you what he thinks, you know, he told me, he was like, I was like, "Why were you guys able to do that?" He was like, "Pat makes it easy. We know that when we have him, we can come back from anything. That is the value of an elite alpha franchise quarterback, and honestly, and I'll probably write this at some point, maybe this week, or, but this is real here. If you are the fan, if you are a fan of a downtrodden franchise in the NFL, the Lions, (laughs) the Browns, the Bengals, what Mahomes is doing should give you hope that there is an out from this football hill. Go get the elite quarterback. I don't care how many draft picks you got to do. I don't don't care how many times you got to try to get. You you go get the elite quarterback. You can end your football nightmares. It is that simple in today's NFL, but you got to find them. I actually
0: don't think it's that simple. I think there's Ooh. one other thing you need. Because I think I think the Texans have that guy.
1: Yeah, they point. don't
0: have the coach, and so you've you've got to have the coach and the quarterback that are able to go together. Uh, it's in Because if you don't have one or the other, it doesn't work.
1: I think that's a fair point because I think you saw with Bill O'Brien if if the coach is deficient you're going to be in trouble. But I'll push back on you, though. Okay. The harder part is getting the quarterback. 100%. So that's why the focus has to be on the quarterback. Now, once you've got that guy, once you've got Deshaun, once you've got Patrick, the nice thing about having the quarterback first is because he might cover up some of the coach's flaws. Like, Bill O'Brien might last down there longer than he should because of my, because of Watson. But there's not going to be much blame in a Watson for their struggles. After a loss like that, the heat's on O'Brien because people know how brilliant he is. So you're right. To win a Super Bowl, you got to have the coach. But the first step, if you're the Lions, if you're the Browns, is to get that quarterback because if you get the quarterback, that gets you started on that road. And honestly, that's the hardest thing to find, that quarterback, that elite guy that can make plays when nothing's there, that can inspire belief. So if you're the Lions, if you're the Browns, if you're the Bengals, if you can find it, There's a road out of football Hill, but you got to get that quarterback first.
0: We talked a lot about Mahomes. I want to continue on this path because yesterday, Therese, is the type of game that legacies are built upon. Yes. You go early in a career, and that's where you make your name, right? So the reason that I bring this up is because early in Peyton Manning's career, it took him too long to get that ring. And so he was labeled as a loser, and he couldn't get it done, and a choker. Then I look back the other day and he actually in the first five meetings against Tom Brady in the playoffs had more wins against Brady than Brady did. But it didn't matter. That's not where the legacy comes from. It's ultimately what you do to be able to go get the ring. That's right. When you have a game like that in that situation with what's on the line for this team, seeing them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender and the night before the Ravens going down and even more of a Super Bowl contender because now you get to host the AFC championship game at home that's how you become one of the greats. That's how you early in your career are remembered and already thought of as this guy will not go down. This guy has the quote-unquote clutch gene. This guy has what it takes regardless of what kind of a position he's in. This is what Ben did early in his career. This is what Russ did early in his career. It's what Brady did early in his career. And now Mahomes has an opportunity to do it. And there's
1: another step to it, too. It's epic what they did yesterday. It becomes legendary when they finish the damn job. Finish the job. If they win the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, that win becomes legendary. That win becomes on the in the first graph of his football, um, you know, epilogue. Like it's right in there, right? And when we, you know, what that type of win? I'm the Hall of Fame voter for Kansas City. They win the Super Bowl. That kind of win is so great, so legendary. When it's my turn to get up in front of the room, in front of the 47 other voters, you know what I get to say? Stand up. I nominate Patrick Mahomes and sit down. Two seconds. I don't even have to give a speech because they know what he means. That's why that's special. But they got to finish the job at some point. They got to win a Super Bowl with Andy Reid, with Mahomes, if not this year. Than next year but you're right tremendous building block for legendary status
0: and the best part about it is yesterday we got to see the other side of so many <laughs> of the awful awful That's so bad awful memories that we all have at arrowhead we've all seen the mm-hmm. other side of what that game looks like especially out in indianapolis we've seen too many of those games with mm-hmm. either Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning on the other side, yeah. and now you've got that guy. That's now you get to watch right. that guy for the next and decade, they get to and he's be your terrified. quarterback.
1: And they get to be terrified of your guy. It's hard to it's hard not to watch Mahomes out there just with his gait. He looks like Elway, dude. Like, when he's out there well, running. That's a comparison
0: I made the other like day. When yep. he's
1: just out. Oh, did you? Good. Mm-hmm. See, we think alike. When he's out there running, like he looks like him with the gait, kind of like the the barrel-chested gate, he's running. He looks just like him when he's doing this stuff. Think of how terrified you guys were when Elway had the ball late in the game. You're like, oh, God, here comes Elway. Here comes the gun. Here comes the scramble. How cool is it to have it? Hell, I wish the Lions could find an Elway. (laughs) And I I think what you do see is there is a difference between Stafford, who I like. I genuinely like him. And I think if he had Andy Reid, he probably would have, you know, he would have broken some of the Lions' curses, but – if you're not the next level guy who makes plays with his feet and his arm, like an Elway, like a Mahomes, like a Watson, you know, if, if you don't have that, you better make sure you at least have um, the coach. So my point is, again, these downtrodden teams, you got to find the, the elite alpha playmaker. And if you can do it, the Chiefs are showing you. Your football nightmares don't have to be that anymore. Therese is giving himself just, a
0: speech right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, you You, damn you right. guys don't yes. know this, but I'm in this room and I see Terrence's face and, like, and he's like, I can view it. It's there. Right. It's this possible. This curse doesn't have to last forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, though. Like, it doesn't. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this is just kind of watching Mahomes and, like, getting really acquainted with, like, Chiefs fans and your, like, just the horrible losses you've had to endure. Like, Look, you've won a Super Bowl before, so we're not going to put Chiefs pain with Lions pain. We're not going to do that. But you're underratedly one of the most tortured franchises in football. You are. Now, you're not in just the lowest level of hell like the Lions and Browns, but you're you're close, right? And it's just really cool to see that you can break out of it in pro football. But that's what you got to have. And that's why I want Chiefs fans to just appreciate and enjoy it because you could go another lifetime, another lifetime after that. Your kids, your grandkids might not be able to root for a guy like this.
0: He's Therese Paylor. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line is 69306. We'll get to some of your questions coming up later on in the show. Coming up next, I didn't know that the offense had that kind of a game in them this year, and we've never seen the Warriors and Chiefs comparison be more apt than it was yesterday. We'll get into all of that coming up. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese
1: Paler Show,
0: 610 Sports Radio. Listening <laughs> on the radio.com app,
1: make sure to favorite 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line is 69306. That's the way to get in touch with the show. He's Therese Paler. I am Brandon Kylie. So, yesterday we saw something that I wasn't sure we were going to see in the postseason. And it was the offense looking like the 2018 offense. That looked like the (laughs) team that we saw for the previous season, not what we saw this year. And, Therese, I didn't know that they had that in them. Seven straight touchdown drives, the longest streak by a team in the playoffs since the merger. And this is my favorite stat from those seven drives, Therese. On those seven drives, they had just three third downs total on the seven drives. All of them were third and goal. They didn't have a third down between the 20s at any point, converted all three t- uh, third and goals for a touchdown, of course. I I didn't know that they had that in them, Therese, and seeing that on that stage when they needed it most, when they were all healthy, goes back to your point that you've said all year. When you've got them all healthy, this is still the offense that we remember.
1: And w- what did I say, like, in the middle of the year or earlier in there? Kind of early middle part of the year when teams were using that one high, like man coverage when Ty Hill was out. I'm like, you can't do it. When Ty Hill's in, you can't you better not play it when Andy's gotta to go to his good plays. Cause Ty Hill requires attention. And if you go one high on that, other people are about to eat. Well, the Texans decided they were gonna try to copy the Patriots game plan. And Lewis Riddick pointed this out, and he's on point always. You know, if you're gonna copy their game plan, you gotta have like the the details of it too. of the sophistication of the man coverage you got to mix things up you can't just say hey here you go here's one high coverage and it's dial up your man beaters and just have fun like you can't so i I wasn't really impressed with um the way that they attempted to attack um the chief's offense and it it was really pretty cool to see andy dig into the well and say okay all right we got these good plays here we can dial them out now we gotta win this game that's what he did He's not, look, every game's not the same in the NFL. You don't bring out all your best stuff every week. You save them, you set things up. And he's been doing that for the last month, guys. Like, he doesn't need to call his good stuff to beat these division teams. He knows them too well. Like, he, and they're not nearly as talented as Kansas City. You understand, like, that game was basically like a month in the making, right? Like, it was basically a month in the making. So, um, I think as long as Damian Williams continues to play well and, like, block his tail off, and catch the football out of the backfield and make people miss, they can do it again.
0: That throw from Mahomes to Damian Williams in the red zone was the best throw of the day. It was the best throw by Patrick Mahomes. I rewatched that like 17 times yesterday, (laughs) and Damian Williams has not turned around, is not looking at Patrick Mahomes, has not been the linebacker. And Mahomes throws it at his back, and he turns around, and as he's turning, it, like, catches Damian Williams as opposed to Damian Williams catching the ball. That was incredible. And I loved the design.
1: It was Kelsey, and it was Watkins, I believe, on clear-out routes. They cleared him right on out. Running back leaks right into the – he leaks right upfield along the hash. What's she going to do? You're going to get beat because they know it's man coverage. That's how.
0: You got to switch things up. You do. The problem is, Therese, like, they went to zone once. It was a free play. <laughs> and Sammy Watkins went, like, 45 yards streaking down the middle of the field. It was him on one side. I think it was McCole Hardman on the other side. And it was Tyreek going That's down it. the far sideline. And it was basically four verts. And they were like, screw it. We're going to beat your zone by just running right Mah- through them. And Mahomes hit him on a perfect strike down the middle That's of the That's why
1: they're field. so tough to defend. Not, I don't know destroyed. what you do. Mah- Mahomes destroys zone, too. Like, he really does. But... Here's the thing. I like zone in the red zone because the field is condensed and it gives you the opportunity to switch it up a little bit on the Chiefs. Because the field is condensed, you're taking away some of the some of the creativity theoretically that that guys can kind of leak into the, the the open spaces with just because the field is condensed. So like, I think you got to mix it up a little bit. Otherwise, hey, if Andy Reid knows you're playing zone and Tyree is on the field. Like, good luck, and he's calling his good plays. Like good luck. Like you're not gonna stop that and. um, I'll tell you this, you know, I, I think I'm sure we'll talk about the Titans here soon. Mm-hmm. That's a very well-coached football team, and they do some sophisticated things that the Texans don't. So I don't know if this is going to be a shootout, but the chiefs should be able to score, but their defense. Their defense has to be on point, too. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to them, but my point is I do think this offense is here to stay, but it can be here to stay even if they don't put up the same number of points they did on Sunday. Just know that because Tennessee is good, and they're sophisticated defensively.
0: So last year, most of what we heard throughout the year was the comparison between the Chiefs and the Warriors, right? Because the Warriors had the ability at any point in any game, they could be down 35-10, it doesn't matter. You're yeah. in the fourth quarter and you're like, oh, they've, they've probably been up this entire game. No, at one point they were down 35-10. to They have the ability to go on a run where it's a 25 to nothing run and suddenly they're in any game regardless of what the score is whenever that run started. It was apt last year. They didn't have to do that very often last year. Yesterday was the first time in a while that we've seen not just the ability to do it, but it actually came to fruition. The Chiefs were down in a way that you almost never see teams come back from. They were the first team in pl- in playoff history to win a game by more than 20, in which they were down by yeah. more than 20 at one point. Mm-hmm. That's the Warriors comparison. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been talking about for the last year and a half that's what no other offense has the ability to do we saw the ravens on saturday that was a great offense all year long i'm not taking anything away from what lamar jackson did this year i think people that are doing so are crazy but this offense that's where they're different
1: yeah nobody's gonna beat you up on that um i also think it's amazing that at 24 years old mahomes has also engineered the biggest comeback in chief's history already like it used to be twenty one points. This was twenty four. He's already done this.
0: He has as many playoff wins at Arrowhead, Therese, as any as the incredible. rest of the Chiefs' history it's at incredible. Arrowhead.
1: Like that's what I'm saying. Like by the end of the day, like he's gonna be like Elway Yo, here. You know, like he might. Look, guys, I'm telling you, like at twenty forty, he might be the team's GM. Like I don't. I mean, you know, it might be the same deal. Like who knows where this heads heads to? Um, but it, it's fun. It's fun. Um, and the Warriors comparison. Like you said, it's more apt than ever. Um, you've even kind of got, like, the likable star um, in the the Mahomes-Steph Curry comparison. So, um, really, really cool to see here. I, I do think people here appreciate it, too. I, You know, the, the love that people get, <laughs> show for Mahomes on social media and all that, I'm
0: glad that people here get, like, how special this is. and You know? Oh, dude, when one, you go through the hell oh, that we've been through, oh, it's been, and, and you know this oh, as a Lions fan, like, well, you, you appreciate more than anything in the world when you've been it, through it, the, the retreads that Chiefs fans bro, have been it, through. It would be like the
1: Lions getting Aaron getting the next Aaron Rodgers. Like, great. Now the Lions get to go to Green Bay and win on a last-second field goal. And the Packers got to see last-second field goal. They got to lose on last-second field goals for like 20 straight years. That's how they – believe me, I got it. I understand it. And, it, and, and I, I'll say this, just to finish off the Golden State Warriors comparison, you know, they also won that title when they were young too. Mm-hmm. You know, they it's not like they had to do to Michael Jordan, you know, climb that mountain and keep getting knocked down. Like they won it when they were young too. And th- this path is setting up for the Chiefs to do it. I, I do think we're headed to potentially the state Farm Super Bowl against the Packers. I would that, love it. That's the well, here's the thing. The Packers will scare you a little bit because mm-hmm. their quarterback can do this. Like if I face the 49ers, I'm good. Garoppolo can't match Mahomes. Rodgers can, and he's done
0: it before. So that's the that's the matchup that would scare me a little. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up on the other side, sometimes you just know it's your year, and it's starting to feel that way for the Chiefs. Plus, we got to give a little bit of love to this defense for what they did yesterday as well. We'll do it all next. Coming up, it is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio.
1: The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Halfway home here on the Therese Paler Show. I'm Brandon Kylie. He's Therese Paler. 69306 is the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line. Therese, sometimes you just know it's your year. When the Royals mm. won the wild card game back in 2014, it mm-hmm. felt like it was the year that they were going to go to the World Series. Now, it didn't work that year, but the following year, game four of the ALDS is when mm. you knew. Mm -hmm. That was when you knew they're not losing. This is going to be the year that the Royals are going to win the world series. And it's kind of felt that way this year for the chiefs. I don't know what it looks like when the chiefs win the super bowl, but it kind of feels like it had to go this way for the chiefs to win the super bowl. Tyreek Hill had to go down in week one. Mahomes had to get hurt with his ankle in week one. He had to go down with the knee situation later in the season. They had to have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Get them the bye week. Listen, they had to go down 24 nothing in the it, divisional round of the AFC championship game. This is the only way that it was possibly <laughs> going to happen for the Chiefs. And it, it feels like it might actually be heading listen, in the right way. It will make
1: for a hell of an America's Game episode with everything they've had. Like, that's something we can start thinking about. Like, if they could finish the job, um, like Andy would be on there, Mahomes, and probably Badger. That would probably be the three, all right? That would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and... You know, Lord knows they've dealt with their share of adversity this year um, in multiple. Everybody getting hurt, including Mahomes. I mean, look, let's not forget that Denver game. It looked so ugly. We At the, at the moment, like there was talk about, like, should he have surgery? Should he, I mean, that, we were there, right? We were at that moment, and that, that happened this year. So they've had a lot of things go for them the last few weeks. The Patriots inexplicably losing, so they lose the number two seed, and the Chiefs end up getting it. The Ravens getting beat at home by the Titans. I mean, setting up, Therese, a, bro, setting up like championship a championship game setting could have up been the a wild rematch. card game. It's setting it's up crazy. a rematch, man. It's setting up a rematch against the Titans team you lost to that, like, had a lot of people freaking out. I remember doing this show after that game. Had. You're using past tense right. there. <laughs> and everybody was just freaking out. And I'm just like, okay, guys, January, like, let's go. And now they get a chance to bury this. They get a chance to bury this giant running back coming in here and like controlling the ball narrative. Like they have a chance to do it. And I, I'll tell you this, man.
0: I'm so remember, scared.
1: No, you should be scared. But remember, I told you, like, if they end up facing the Titans, like, people will kind of say, oh, no, it's the Titans. What are we going to do? I think, I think people are kind of like, I'm a little concerned because everyone's assuming they're going to win the next game. So I feel like that's maybe kind of sp- win the other way. But I think they'll get enough questions about the Titans and Derrick Henry this week that they'll be very fired up to face him and beat him. And I, w- I will tell you this. Don't think for a second that they don't maybe subconsciously take stock of, like, who they get asked questions about um, and what people gets and what gets said in the media and oh, use as motivation because um, – there's at least one player on the defense that I can absolutely tell you use everything that he hears in the media as motivation.
0: Oh, wh- would that guy be Frank Clark potentially? <laughs> Let, let's listen to what he had to say to us after the game uh-huh. yesterday, Terez. Let's go ahead and listen to Frank Clark post game. Here's what Frank Clark had to say after they beat the Texans, and he was in a fantastic mood in the locker room.
1: The last time they were here, they beat us. Um, just smacked us in our face, you know. Simple, simple put, and um, that's the one thing I remember. You know, at the end of the day, you talk, you talk, you're talking to the wrong um, guy, you're talking to the wrong team. They talk all that stuff, and they come out here and we embarrass them. So we send them home early. We get to see them next. Sure, they got a short um season and um hope they enjoy the off season. Frank, you mentioned that there was there was talking smack. Was this from last game or man you know man, you all y'all y'all the one put in the media, man. Y'all see what Carlos Hyde talking about, man. Y'all see you talking about we can't stop him and all that stuff, man. At the end of the day, our goal was to stop him. It was to beat the team. And that's what we did. We beat the team, we stopped him, he didn't do um and at the end of the day, we just Keeping everything in-house, yeah, like keep, I always keep, say.
0: Keeping everything yeah. in-house, <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> like I always say. i was just keeping yeah. everything in-house here. Well, I give them credit. They kind of did up until, like, <laughs> Frank Clark has been just dying to unleash on Carlos Hyde, very clearly. I don't think Carlos Hyde had very, had very many fans in that locker room no, by the end of the day. No, they,
1: well, because, again, BK, we talked about this last, because, like, all of a sudden he goes to Houston and loses 8 pounds or something and he just looks like a different back eight I, you 20. know you know he didn't you know he didn't look like that 8 to August, 1 man 20
0: know? to another <laughs> oh you said 20. I, I think it was a couple more than 8 i'll say that much he, he lost a few pounds in that in that locker room i, I don't know what happened but he I, uh, i'll tell you
1: this i'll tell you this like if 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 it wasn't for the fact that it was just like that like within a week of being cut by the Chiefs, like his, I'm telling you, in week one, he looked really good. I just can't imagine him losing 20 in a week, but that's why I just settled on eight. I, I figured, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. You,
1: Yeah, let's just say BK, not the biggest fan of what he saw in Carlos High <laughs> is say Joe. And I got to be, I didn't really see it either. Like the Chiefs needed running back dead. Yeah, I remember talking to you up there. Him. We were both like, Yeah, we were just, like, I
0: don't know. That dude's the fifth it. best running like, back out here. Like if his you know, name didn't say Hyde on the back of his shirt, he wouldn't be and out.
1: And they there. didn't like hype him up at all either. Like they, they yeah, were like, "Yeah, you know, he's out here. He played a lot of snaps. It's just like, wow, he brings like that. that veteran presence." <laughs> I remember. Oh, that. okay. So he's old, slow, and not good. Sweet. Right. And by the way, this is this is St. Joe. Like, so a lot of hyperbole there. A lot of positive talk. If you can't get a positive comment about a player you' about to write about, you probably shouldn't write it because there's no better place to just say something positive about a guy. The coaches know this. If they don't do it, that's your first sign, and maybe he's it
0: ain't working out. All right, a guy that you hear a lot of good things about right now, Therese, the guy by the name of Derrick Henry. He has 1,275 rushing yards in his last eight games. Listen to this. This came from NFL Network today. That is a new all-time record for the most rushing yards in any eight-game stretch for any player in the history of the NFL. Nobody in the history of the league has run for more yards in any eight-game stretch than Derrick Henry has in his last eight games. This guy is terrifying. The Titans have won back-to-back games against the Patriots and the Ravens on the road with their quarterback throwing for fewer than 100 yards in either of those two games. I'm on team running backs rarely matter. This running back matters, Matters, and he is scary, man. Here's the problem.
1: We know how good he is. Like we know that, you know, his stiff arm is straight from NFL blitz, all right? Like we know all that, but it isn't just him. Brandon, I'm telling you, when I watch their offensive line, I haven't seen an offensive line run block like this and consistently move people in a long time. Their tackles are six, seven, 320 Roger Staffold's one of the league's best guards. They line up and you know outside zones coming, and there's nothing you can do. Because because Derrick Henry for some reason is really, really fast despite being six three two fifty and he makes smaller players look like children trying to tackle him. It it's very, very difficult to stop them. Their tight ends are good. They're complete tight ends. They block. They can catch. And then just in case you haven't had enough of big physical guys that can run, their quarterback's a big physical guy who can run you over too. The Chiefs know about that. Mm -hmm. That happened to them That's not gonna happen again. I'm not worried about
0: that part. Well he's gonna run. He ain't running over people this time, well, I don't think. Well, they they have to accept that challenge.
1: Sure. I hope that they're showing them the tape of that, right? I hope they're showing them, hey, look what happened. 17 can do this to you with the clicker, mm-hmm. right? Um, they have to take that as a personal challenge, not just to be physical with Henry, but to be physical with Tannehill because you know what's coming. They're going to line up there. They're going to do play action off that. That's if they can establish a run. But if you can like knock those guys down to, like three and a half yards of pop rushing, something like that. Um, you got a shot because you can. Make, if you make Tannehill beat you, he's probably not gonna beat you. He might. I mean, he made one throw against the Patriots where I was like, whoa! And right? it was important throw late in the game. But the more of those big time throws you force him to
0: make, the better chance you obviously have of winning. So this is the thing about playing the Titans. They're going to limit possessions. There's Mm -hmm. a game that stands out to me about the Chiefs last year. It Mm -hmm. was the Chargers game on Thursday night football where the Chargers beat them on that two-point conversion, the Mm walk-off, right? There was eight total possessions for the Chiefs in that game, four in each half. Mm -hmm. That's really, really, really low in an NFL game. You typically, like last week, I'm looking at this right now, the Chiefs had like 12 possessions, Mm -hmm. 14 possessions in that game. That's typically around 10. If you can get it down to eight, if you can score on half of your possessions, you feel mm-hmm. pretty good about it. Scoring touchdowns on half of an eight-possession game, that's 28 points. They're going to play this game, the One Titans will, milk. in the 20s. Like so. This this is not a game that's going to be high-scoring. And what happens then is a big play here, a fumble there, a Absolutely. mistake there. They become so critical. It's like playing Virginia in the NCAA tournament. There's right. just they're gonna fewer live, possessions. They're
1: going to choke the game. And this is what I said last week. Like I thought... The Ravens will win, of course. But I said, listen, be careful here. If the Titans can run the football and they win the turnover battle, the Ravens are going to be in trouble. And lo and behold, the Titans ran the football, and the Ravens lost the turnover battle 3-0. So what does that mean for the Chiefs? All right. You actually have to play a good game. Had you Put it this way. You get down 24 to nothing to the Titans, that game is over because they're going to line up with their giant back, and they're going to punish you. And trust me, Henry's a lot harder to tackle, and their offensive line's a lot better to not get reached by than the Houston Texans, okay? So you got your one bad game out of the way here, right? You got that done. You have to play a good game to beat this team. There's no starting off slow. You need to come off on fire, and you actually need to get off to a good start by taking the lead early. You have to do it because if they can get an early lead, and they start playing, the pressure's on you. The pre- is just like, put it this way. Remember the Royals had their championship teams, championship team. Mm-hmm. You know, the game was over by the seventh inning. Yep. That's what having the giant running back and one of the best offensive lines in football is, okay? If they get a 14-point lead and they can sit on you, they're, they're going to move the football. They're going to run the ball. So, to me, like that's going to be the message at Arrowhead. Coaching instead is going to be like, listen, you guys got that out of your system. We can't start like that this week. If you start like that this week, you will lose, period. Point blank, end of story. Tennessee is better coached on both sides of the yes, ball. much better. Tennessee has a better offensive line, much better. And Tennessee has a much, 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 much better running back you you missed two there should have been two more (laughs) in there (laughs) i
0: love i love like bk is the 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 leader of the anti-carlos hyde dude this isn't even anti-carlos hyde like what i'm seeing from derrick henry i just i don't know that i've seen anything like it before i really don't i i I wasn't old enough at the time of watching terrell davis to really understand what was taking place it maybe it's something like that maybe that's the comparison but I mean, Derrick Henry as a running back is single handedly winning games. Here's the thing that's the comparison, but Henry's doing it differently.
1: Terrell Davis was a 6'3, 250. Like, it, it wasn't, Like, listen, like he was doing it with a physicality. And this is Earl Campbell evolved. Like, this it's is crazy. God, I mean, it's, I mean, he's not even built like Earl. Like, it's Earl plus like three inches. It's like, think of like the biggest, think of like a fast Ironhead Hayward. That's what it's like, a fast, like, because iron Hill was pretty big. It's like a, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna continue to workshop what this is like. <laughs> you know what? The truth is we might not have seen anything like yeah. this before. It's terrifying, right? So, again, you can't get off to this bad start. It's about getting off to a good start and putting the pressure on Tannehill to have to make throws
0: to win the football game. And the way that I would do it, Therese, Houston tried to do this against the Chiefs, and it worked. It, it, it didn't work later on, but it worked at the beginning of the game. If you win the if you win the toss on Sunday I would receive. I, I think know they have to. analytically that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take the extra possession in the second half and once Bro. you have more data you get no. No, no, no. Take the ball at first, mm-hmm. go score, yeah, get and them then behind. put the pressure on them. Hopefully they then have to punt. It that's comes right. back to you and if they're down 14 nothing, now the game changes a little I, bit. They'll stick with the run I'm for a while, but I I would receive I this right off the bat. I'm
1: open to it unless you you talk to Spags and Spags is like, "Listen, we didn't play Mike Pinnell in the last game. I, and you talk about why you didn't play Mike Pinnell the last time you faced the Titans <laughs> or whoever. And you say, is okay, going right, to be big in this one, right. too. And you just say, and Spags is just like, Andy, I'm telling you. Like, the guys are fired up. They want to face Henry early on. And it's like, okay, so what are you going to do scheme-wise to handle it? Andy scours through his 40, 50 years of football coaching, and he says, okay, all right, I trust him. Like, this, this actually resonates with me, all right. We're going to do what we always do and kick off. That's the only way I would, I would be okay with what doing what you are always do. But I think it's a sound concept to take. Cause I'm, I will say that I'm a little terrified. You take the ball, the Titans come out here. the, The thing is that the Titans defense is more sophisticated than the Texans. So, you know, they use, they, they rotate coverages right before the snap, just like that. So like something that looks like one high becomes two high. and, the bottom line is that, you know, whatever you just saw with the Texans defensively, the Titans are better coached, and their, their scheme's going to be different. So there is the potential for the Chiefs to need a little time to get used to it. I do think it helps that they faced them already, though. I do. So I, I, I think that decision's going to come down to kind of what Andy can really sense from Spags. But um, I get your point. I respect it. it. It is terrifying to think of kicking the ball off to start of the game. And the Titans put together a fourteen play, I was about to say minute ten drive, minutes. Yeah, right? like they, it, they could knock off imagine. ten minutes to start and the game. What? You know what that does? That puts pressure on your offense now, and that also deflates the crowd. And by the way, the weather that plays into what te- the Titans want to do too. This is a tricky game. Like you're gonna have to play the odds and get a little lucky. I think the Chiefs will win,
0: but like they'll like they they need a little luck and they need to play really well. They have two things going for them. They lost to them already, and they've seen this team already go to New England and mm-hmm. going into Baltimore, and they beat two really good teams that the Chiefs know are good teams. So that should at least you know, put them on red alert, you know? And
1: I'll make this real quick. The Titans are getting a lot of respect nationally. Like, no one's really hating on them. Like I, The, the, the people I see talking about them, people are kind of pumping them up and Henry a
0: little. Everybody here is writing a Derrick Henry story. Put it that way. He's Therese Paylor. I'm Brandon Kiley. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. We have a lot of, actually, comparisons for Derrick Henry coming in on the text line. I want to throw some of those at Therese Paler. And I've got a question about Steve Spagnuolo that I heard Tony Romo say at the end of the broadcast yesterday. I found it to be really interesting and in how it could potentially play into this game against the Titans. We'll do all of that and go around the NFL next. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio.
1: The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. He's Therese Paylor. I am Brandon Kylie. Thank you all so very much for tuning in today. We got a bunch of comparisons for what Derrick Henry is doing on the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text Line at 69306. Therese, what was your favorite comparison that we've come up with so far for Derrick Henry?
1: Okay, so we were talking about this um, during the break. Um, you originally said... Uh, I I said Ironhead Hayward. You said Earl Campbell. We're about four inches short (laughs) on our comparisons. Campbell, 232 pounds. Um, Ironhead, 265. So let's go to taller running backs. We were were discussing this during the break. We like Franco Harris, Mm -hmm. who's 6'2", 230. Um, Christian Okoye, who's 6'2", I think 250 we settled on, right? But the best one is Eddie George, period. 6'3", 240 can actually run prolific. That, that's, and it's ironic. They both played for the Titans.
0: And they, bo- uh, if you would think it could be potentially short careers for both of them because oh. when it goes, it goes, it right? Goes, it goes. And for Eddie for George, backs, yeah. he got to 31. He's playing for the Cowboys right. in one yeah. last grasp and, and it's over. He had 400 yards and he was done at age 31. He was out of the league. That by the, was way, the end of it.
1: It was like that for, for uh, Christian Okoye, too. So by the age of 30, on these big backs, You want to be out. So I think the Titans are going to end up paying him, and they'll feel good about it because he's 26. You can pay him and feel good about it up until he reaches 29. And then you're going to be probably looking to eject from that. He'll probably go somewhere else. You know, he'll rush for, like, seven touchdowns or something, and that'll be that.
0: So before we get to around the NFL, I do want to ask you one question. I heard Tony Romo at the end of the broadcast talking about Steve Spagnuolo, and he said, you know, I went up against Steve Spagnuolo for a number of years whenever Tony was still in – uh, Dallas, He said he's really difficult to prepare for as a quarterback because the blitz packages that he puts together make your life a living hell as a quarterback. He said one thing he's going to be watching for in this game against the Titans is, is that effective? Are those same things effective? Is what Spags does effective against a team like the Titans who would prefer not to throw a pass in any given game? I find that to be fascinating.
1: I do too because that that's one of the cool things if you love the game about what The Titans are doing Um, they've basically kind of eliminated one whole aspect of the game because you know they're gonna run the ball you can put eight in a box and it still doesn't matter because they're so dominant doing it with their assortment of tight ends their offensive line and Henry so um, you know look Tony Romo's always on point he's always on point that is a guy where you know I mean you should probably watch every one of his broadcasts because you'll learn a whole lot about football doing it he is right Um, the point of this is (laughs) if the Chiefs get down early um, it'll, be stop, it'll be hard to stop the run. But if they can't stop the run at all, it's good night. Like it, they, they can just eliminate one of the Chiefs' biggest defensive advantages, which is their blitz packages, and also the really, really well-executed stunts and blitzes and games they do up front. Let's give some credit here to Matt House, the linebackers coach. Let's give some credit to Brendan Daly, um, the defensive line coach they got from the, from the Patriots. This is why they brought them here, to help teach those blitzes, those stunts, those games, which they did not really do last year, Comically, quizzically, don't quite get it. But you see the effectiveness of this stuff. Yeah. But that matters. is one of the that is one of the chief's biggest advantages.
0: And if and if if they can't stop the run, it won't matter. So they 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 better stop the run. Terez, let's finish this thing up by going around the NFL and we'll get some text from the listeners coming up here in just a moment. Let's start with the 49ers. They had a dominant win over the Vikings. It was a score of 27 to 10. Do you believe right now, Therese, the 49ers to be the best team in the NFC?
1: Um, I actually I think their game against the Packers is a toss-up. I do. Um Rogers scares me. Garoppolo doesn't, but I really, really respect Robert Salah, their defensive coordinator. I think the 49ers front seven is fantastic. Like, they really embarrass the Vikings up front. Um and so so I, I don't know. I, I think it's a coin flip. I I just have to be honest there. Yeah. Um the team that plays best. Um who gets a little luck is going to win because like Green Bay can't go in there and win. So, uh, oh, and Garoppolo has to play well for sure, for sure.
0: I'm picking Green Bay. I've been more you. in on the Packers this year than a lot of people, I and I too. don't know why people are so down on them. I don't think they're a great team. I know why, but they're really good. And Aaron Rodgers I know why. is still Aaron Rodgers. I don't think people respect the coach enough. That's fair. Like first year head
1: coach, but here's I went in there and I came in August. I, BK, I went in there. And I talked to Lafleur for 15 minutes. He was great. And I'm like, you know what? I like that guy's personality with Rodgers. You know, you got one guy who's who's pretty opinionated, and then you got another guy that's pretty cerebral. I think they've come together and been a great team. I think it's been great. So people don't respect the coach enough and what he's done there. And Brian Gutekunst has done a fantastic job putting that team together. It is the value of having a GM with experience on the college scouting side in the pro personnel side they've drafted well right and bringing in smith one bringing in one of my favorite corners in Jair Alexander yeah. i think you like him too absolutely. and also they absolutely killed it in free agency with the smith brothers when you get two Amis. edge rushers they in one they got two free agent class like it's
0: amazing it's by incredible. the way it changes your defense it and completely changes and it. they're both having career seasons like those guys are awesome preston's amazing like oh. zadarius is i think he's they're both awesome, amazing but i just I've wanted Preston on the chiefs for like six years. Like, I've been all in on that dude since he was with Washington, like early on with the Washington
1: Imagine being Washington and thinking that like you can't use Preston Smith,
0: right? Like just crazy. All right, Therese, let's get to a couple of texts from the listeners. Six, nine, three, zero six is the Smitty's garage burgers and beer text line. Let's start with this one. It's the big question heading into next week. What do you think are the chances of Chris Jones
1: playing? I, I think Andy was setting us up for him not to play, um, today. Um, that's just based on, like, how he sounded. He mentioned that it seemed it was tough to see if he'd play. Um, he couldn't really push off, and he said it was an easy decision to hold him out. That doesn't really bode well for him being able to play on Sunday. But, you know, maybe that would change because guess what? You got a bye week for the Super Bowl. So, basically, from now until the Super Bowl, is three weeks. So. And maybe he plays. Who knows? I'm just – like, it sounded like Andy was trying to tamp down expectations. Though I will say this, I had heard some – there was definitely optimism he would be able to play. And then it just the, the twenty-four hours before the game, it just
0: didn't come together. So. Quickly, who you got tonight? LSU, Clemson. Who you got winning oh, this one? God,
1: college football fans. I
0: mean, <laughs> what a great game! By the way, if you if
1: you're into the draft, watch this game and also go back and make sure you watch Clemson, Ohio State. I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick Clemson. I, I respect the champs. Like I, I get it. I respect their championship pedigree, but. Heisman Trophy winner's got a lot of juice, man.
0: I'm you taking LSU. I don't blame you. He's taking Clemson. It. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. We'll be back next week. It's the Therese Paler Show.
1: The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.